Listen, LSD has some proven properties. <laughs> it was invented by a scientist. Come on. That's true. You have to have, like, a PhD to make LSD, I think. It's really complicated. Yeah, it's no meth, which, you know. Don't meth around. Any no. you and I can do. <laughs> oh, that's just plenty. That is plenty. <laughs> Oh boy, it's the Doom to Fail podcast. I am the creepy uncle you never really want to talk to, Tim Dobbs. And with me, as always, is the lady with the laser vision, Catherine Coburn. That is catchy. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's alliteration. Well, let's, let's kick this off. Um... Okay, so as, as all you folks know at home on the Doom to Fail podcast, we like to sort through a selection of mini-series. We have a couple going at once, and we alternate. So you get about uh, one of each topic each month. Um, so This particular podcast is part of our Toy Inventor series. So what we're going to do is profile different toy inventors. Because we theorize that to become a toy inventor, you have to have a pretty interesting life. Um, we have something, uh, you know, kind of a classic lined up. You know, it's sort of the springy, sprongy friend that we all kept as our best friends when we were kids. <laughs> Because we had no friends. Exactly. Um, it's the Slinky. <laughs> <laughs> the nerd's only friend in the 50s. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm listening to, um, I bought the Jonathan Richmond album, the um, Modern Lovers. I don't know if you're... Not at all. Tell me about it. Recommendation right now. Jonathan Richmond okay. is so good. He's great. But, um, so this album... I realized he was writing it as like a high schooler in the 70s and he has this song called Old World about like he's uh he wants to kind of go back or whatever and he's he's singing how great the 50s were and I was like this is all wrong I I feel very <laughs> displaced So speaking of uh gosh the slinky huh you yeah. know I, I feel like that's just been such a part of everybody's life for so long uh, you know I mean if you took physics, you know what a slinky is, for <laughs> sure. For, for definite. Um, but before we get into all the goodies, uh, gosh, what what crazy mind invented these? So here's the thing. Richard James, actually a pretty normal guy. He's just a mechanical engineer, graduated Penn State in 39, working on a naval shipyard. Um, and he's, he's just trying to reduce wear and tear on marine instruments. Um, just aren't just we all? You know, we're just trying to around. get through the day, reducing wear and tear on marine instruments. Doing the actual, the actual object or the actual thing that really is a metaphor for life, I think. Yeah. <laughs> reducing wear and tear on marine instruments. And we leave it to the listener to <laughs> decipher that. <laughs> Drop us an email. At doomtofail <clears throat> at gmail dot com. Sure. So, uh, yeah, and so the way he goes about trying to reduce wear and tear on these is he decides, okay, so I've got uh, some kind of gauge, let's say, yeah? Sure. Sure. It's, you know, it's got a needle that moves up and down and gives you numbers at certain other numbers. That somebody needs for some reason. Yeah. Um, and what he does is, say you're in a submarine, as we all often are on our metaphorical journey to reduce wear and tear on marine instruments, <laughs> and... You know, the waves are crashing against it, and it's going up and down, and there's all this kind of energy going on in the water. It's, it's, it's a, right. um, they call it, you know, like a high kinetic energy environment. Right. And so the way he reduces stuff getting banged into on those gauges that we just mentioned is he puts them on springs, pretty much, yeah? 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Because basically, so how does that really reduce reduce force? Oh well, hang on. I'm gonna have to put my uh, twig jacket on. Let me find that. (laughs) This is back here somewhere. Mr. Dobbs, (laughs) tell me. That's Dr. Dobbs, please. Um, that's actually one reason I I'm like, well, I don't think I want to get a PhD. Dr. Dobbs. This sounds weird. Well, when I was young, recommendation. When I was young, I really loved this children's book called Dr. Dog, and that's what it reminds me of. Anyway, okay. Dr. Dog was an amazing book. But okay, yeah, let's so go on. On, the sa- on the same day I get my PhD, I will legally change my last name to Dog. <laughs> Just for me. <laughs> no, no, right. come on, that's for humanity. Everyone needs that. Fair enough. Fair so enough. the way that um, these springs are actually going to reduce the force is, well, I mean, you all know what it's like. Let's say, put yourself in these shoes, Catherine. Uh, right. You're going to, oh, I don't know. Do a belly flop onto a concrete floor. Sounds like okay. fun, right? So it's sort of like um base jumping. But no, I'm bungee <laughs> jumping. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, and, and skip the skip the bungee cord. Just jump. Just smash into it. Yeah? Oh, well, I, I feel like you're much happier, but I'm sadder. <laughs> Me? Oh, come on. That's that's very <laughs> harsh. <laughs> but you get it, right? Ouch! I, yeah, it doesn't sound like fun. Okay. Now, okay, how do I not do that? Okay, but here you are, you know, uh, you, you really, I don't know why, you're weird, but you want to just do a belly flop onto something. So, you instead, you go, uh, you go to the local mattress store, and you just belly flop right on there on the, uh, uh, name brand that's marked down so low we can't tell you the name. Mattress. Yeah? And that yeah. feels pretty good, right? Yeah. Soft and fun. Now, the reason that is, is mattress got a bunch of springs in it, and... That's true. Yeah, and the springs are able to defray the force that you apply. Cushion their fall. Yes, good. And it's the reason they do that is because of a little something called Hooke's Law, which is a concrete floor, when you jump into it, it gives the force that you apply to that floor right back at you because it doesn't have any give at all. Yeah? Well, that's going to be Newton's first or second law. Second law? I think first is equal and opposite reaction, but I could be okay. wrong. Let's go with first. I might be messing up with the laws of thermo. Oh, we're um, going to get a contact about that. <laughs> depends who listens. If no one does, we don't have to put up with an email. <laughs> but the thing about a spring is that it follows Hooke's law, which says that the force that it gives back is proportional to the amount that you push it in. True. That makes sense, right? No, true. Okay, good. I'm winging it here. I'm remembering things <laughs> from way back. So it's a lot like... If we want to do the opposite of that mattress example you gave, which is called compression, we can use it with expansion, too. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the difference between me jumping off a bridge with a string tied around my waist versus me jumping off a bridge with a bungee cord tied around my waist. Yes. I'm going to live if there's a bungee cord. I'm not going to live if there's a string. Well, you don't mean, like, the kind of bungee cord you use to, like, keep your trunk down, right? Because, oof, you're not going to live. <laughs> No, I, I was thinking about real bungee cord that you're that supposed to go bungee jumping with. Nice. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, it's the Doom to Fail podcast, and we'll be right back. And right on track.
it's the Doom to Fail podcast. I am Tim Dobbs. And I'm Catherine Kilgert. Okay, and today we are working on our first edition of the Toy Inventor miniseries. And specifically, we are talking about our friend, the Slinky. So we got this down. We kind of, we spent a long time explaining how springs work, which is why anyone tunes into this, right? <laughs> Boy, I just want to know more about simple machines. That's what I need. Did you know that this inventor... Richard James actually ended up joining a cult there. What? Yeah, didn't see that uh, coming, what? did you? No, so from left field. <sighs> yeah. Explain. Well, let's let's go back a step because really it's all about him getting famous. That's really what takes him over the edge. Uh, so the Tom Cruise situation. <laughs> So how how did he invent the slinky? He's working with these springs, and one of these springs does the slinky walk, right? Where it falls off his desk and then hits like a book or something, and then hits a chair and then bounces around the ground for a while, right? Sure, he didn't and invent he... a pinball or flubber. Did he? Is this flubber? <laughs> Is he Robin Williams? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought that movie was a documentary. <laughs> Richard James, Slinky Inventor. No, if, well, I mean, I don't think it was quite as exaggerated, but he thought it was kind of cool, and he's like, my kid will love this, because he's got, like, six kids or something. Um, ridiculous, right? And yeah. so his kid Tommy just falls in love with it immediately, and he's, like, going down the stairs, and he's just so excited. Um, and his wife, Betty James, she comes up with the name for it, Slinky, which is a Swedish word that means stealthy or sleek and sinuous. So, oh, gosh, I love that. Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, that is wonderful. So he ends okay, up... So um, now it's a Slinky. <laughs> experimenting with all sorts of springs for another two years. So, I mean, you think of Slinky as, like, a really simple, like, toy, right? Like, ah, oh, it's so simple, it's genius. No, apparently it took two years of work to perfect oh, the Slinky. Uh, so he became a sort of Slinky man. Or a, a spring, spring man, expert. sorry. Yeah, and they're just all over his house, the place is a mess. Um, but his wife has faith in it, so she's okay with it. She's a real Classic. trooper. So, yeah. uh, eventually he's taking around the Slinky to investors, and they laugh him out of the room. But, so he just makes it on his own, right? Um, he takes a hundred of them into this department store, and he sells out his entire stock, has to call home for more, and ends up selling like 400 slinkies at a dollar a pop. What I, what I really like about this is that, I mean, can you do that? Could I like walk into Sears across the street and be like, hey, I'm going to sell a bunch of stuff. Is that like cool? Probably not anymore. I, no. <laughs> I think so. What, what happened in 50 years? <laughs> um, I think corporate America got a brain. <laughs> that's no i don't like think corporations so. becoming evil is a pretty recent thing if you think about it i think so i think oh, politicians well, were the big evil ones until recently now corporations and politicians are evil mm, we're, we're adding to the list this is alarming <laughs> um well so this guy has great success yeah Rick yeah james yeah and it actually became the – it's so popular now that it becomes the official state toy of Pennsylvania in 2001. Um, oh. <laughs> I didn't know there was such thing as a state toy, but apparently in Pennsylvania there is. Yeah, I've never heard of that. So obviously the Slinky still around today. The Slinky company is still happening. But, I mean, what happened to the James family? That's the real question. Yeah, I'm curious. 
Are you really? I don't believe you. Yes. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. In my capacity as audience surrogate, I am curious. <laughs> um, so, he, so by 1950, he's really, really famous. And so he starts going to this religious group um, <laughs> called the Wycliffe. No, go ahead, Tim. Tell I, me. I'm reading your notes, and you wrote, like many famous people, he joined a cult. <laughs> true why do famous people join cults yeah no you're right go on <laughs> i mean we should do a series on that yeah, <laughs> one. um yeah it's called the wycliffe bible translators and i mean they're really only a cult in the sociological way that like they aren't really funded by government they're not really doing anything destructive they're not like heaven's gate or anything um they're they're just sort of translating Bibles and they're just really adamant about converting like small poor countries to Christianity. Are, are they're, they're translating Bibles from English or to English? From English to other languages. Okay, any other language. Yeah, I'm just translating who, um... the Bible over and over again. <laughs> exactly, just to see if it's different this time. <laughs> you never know when God will change his mind. <laughs> Actually. Coveting thy neighbor's wife? Not so bad. Not yeah. Bad. Huh. <laughs> let's, as long as it's just coveting. You know, let's keep it to coveting. That's what I'm saying. But anyway. Oh. No. You had, you had something to say? No. I was just trying to... Ho! Just, ho! I was trying to stop my horse. <laughs> <laughs> Doom to Fail podcast. We broadcast from horses. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Um, this fella uh, joined this cult, and he went out and became a missionary. Is that right? Or... Well, I mean, he starts by, like, donating, like, lots and lots and lots of money. Um, and Betty James in, had this interview with the New York Times, and she says, When we first had Slinky, we got a lot of publicity, made a lot of money, and he just didn't handle it well. He thought he was big time, and these religious people always had their hands out. He had given so much away, I was almost bankrupt. Mm. Um, so, and she says of the cult, like, I don't know, it was a lot of praise be, I'm saved. And so she just has this really negative attitude about the entire thing, because it's just taking more and more of his time and their money away, and it's just stealing a lot from the family. Sure. Um, well, Betty worships at the altar of the dollar. No. <laughs> That's what I'm getting. a practical woman, if nothing else. She is practical. <laughs> I, I actually have a lot of respect for Betty James. I think she's great, and we're going to see why. Um, all right, go on. Because what happens is he gives away practically all his money, and so he gives the only thing he has left, himself. And so, like you said, he becomes a missionary, and he tells his wife, Hey, we're going to go to Bolivia, and if you don't go Bol to Bolivia, then I'm leaving you and going to Bolivia myself, and you can raise these six kids who are ages 2, 4, 6, 8, 16, and 18, I don't know what was up with the odd even years for them, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Everybody well, has yeah. their own clock. That's the, you know, you have sex every two years. That's how most people work, right? No? Um, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've wasted my life. Oh. But, yeah. So, and he leaves her, and she raises these kids, restarts this company from, like, nearly nothing. Like, it's a successful product, but she has to, like, redo the entire factory and everything, and she moves out her family and her business, and 
no, she is making like a really de or she ended up making like a really decent amount of money and doing really well for herself. And the kid Tommy, who we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, is actually yeah. now running the company since she died in two thousand eight. That's a pretty great story. I mean, yeah. well, you go, Betty the, James. Not, yeah, the exactly. She she seems to have done quite well for herself. Kind of an amazing lady. Yeah, definitely. And I like the uh, I like the sort of symmetry of, of Tommy coming back into the picture. Yeah, Look it's, at great. it's great. It's great. Meanwhile, Richard James dies of a heart attack in Bolivia in 1974. But that's what you get for joining a cult. <laughs> that's a terrible let. Don't. <laughs> oh, gosh. So controversial, this podcast. Well, I mean, I guess. they're technically a cult. There's nothing yeah, no wrong one, with them. No one likes cults anymore. But I just, I don't think it's necessarily healthy going away from your family. Mm. Like that. I mean, family's important. That's what yeah. I'm saying. There you go. That's the takeaway here. <laughs> we really hit home there. Now we're uh, stirring up the controversy. Yay, family values. So, uh, that's the story of uh, Richard James. Slinky adventure extraordinaire. Yeah. Springman. Uh, because of his intriguing life and his uh, enterprising wife and his third thing that rhymes, uh, we have ways to demonstrate transverse and longitudinal waves in physics class today. His personal um, strife? I'm sorry. I wasn't listening to you. I was just thinking of another rhyme. Oh, man, that's awesome, though. <laughs> there it is. Yes. Go team doomed to fail. Um <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, um, let's see. It was used as an antenna in Vietnam to do some radio transmissions. Why there was a slinky in the Vietnam War, I don't know, but, you know. It's more than I can say about myself, you know. <laughs> the slinky, more enterprising than we are. <laughs> <laughs> it has done a lot more. It's made a lot more money. It's been more around the world, you know. It's... <laughs> oh, also the slinky dog in Toy Story. That's another yeah. slinky. Which is, you know, a huge uh, addition. Any Anything Pixar, really, except for Cars and Cars 2. is a major human development. Yeah, I can't figure that, but I don't think anybody can. So. All right, so this is the Doom to Fail podcast, and we will be right back. It's Linky, it's Linky, for fun, it's a wonderful toy. What walks downstairs, a loner in fairs, and makes a slinkity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing, everyone knows. It's Linky, it's Linky, it's Linky, for fun, it's a wonderful toy. It's fun for a girl and a boy, it's fun for a girl and a boy. It's the Doom to Fail podcast. Alright, we find ourselves in the twilight of yet another show. But not talking and... about Twilight, thankfully. No. That's next time! <laughs> oh, why Why are our brains wired to go to that? What What a shame. Because what it's a brilliant, shame. brilliantly written piece of literature. Alright, let's just move You know on. what Twilight's... It's Tiny Talk, the time of the show where we like to talk about tiny, teeny things. And speaking <laughs> with the words that begin with the letter T. Oh man, I have a whole thing of that, don't worry, it's, it's all written down. <laughs> I need alliterative nicknames, so I, I made a huge list. Harry Potter, huh? Do you think it's gonna survive another 20 years? Like, will people still read it and talk about it? No, but so what happened was, I was uh, visiting my family recently, and I was talking to my little brother, who's 12, and uh, a pretty cool guy, and 
I, it somehow came up. I said, like, well, have you seen Harry Potter? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, you've read the books or something. No, those books look long. What? Because I could, coming from my perspective, everyone I know, it's like, it's... It's without exception, more or less. Everyone has at least read one of those books. Absolutely. And many of them are, like, mega fans. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a it's a great, like, story. And it's just a really good story about a boy who becomes a man. And I don't know. It's, like, a really good epic. Not unlike my own story. And yours. <laughs> I mean, it's the story we all wish we had, which is what makes it so great. There you go. Well, it's, uh, yeah, a little, I guess a little bit of that. But, I mean, do you know how many p- kids cried on their 11th birthday when they didn't get a wizarding letter? Like, that's you, a real tell, thing. Tell me you did. Tell me you did. No, no, but a oh. very good friend of mine who you also know, whose name I will not say on air, did oh, okay. cry. All right, that's sweet, I guess. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty endearing. But, um, but yeah, here, here he is at 12, and he's... Not, not only is he not upset he's not a wizard, somehow he came to terms with that. It took me till I was 22. <laughs> and he's just, like, not even interested in this thing that basically has, I mean, gosh, when did the first one come out? I feel like I must have been nine or something. It was actually, like, that's when it got popular is when we were nine and seven. <laughs> um, there you go. Do the math. <laughs> yay, math. No, I mean, it was, like, came out when we were, like, toddlers, and then it took, like, a good five or six or seven years for it to get popular. I guess, I mean, this is, this is very much, maybe this is the theme of Tiny Talk, is me being incredulous, because, much like the titty coffee of uh, last week's episode, (laughs) I I just don't get it, because I can understand on an intellectual level, I guess, what's happening. Right. But what? It's Harry Potter! I mean, it's just, a really good story i don't know part of me is like well it's really not that deep of literature it's just a story there's no deeper meaning the epilogue was terrible the, the writing is, is terrible the writing of the whole series is really bad i mean especially the epilogue yes the epilogue, the epilogue is, is the worst um, <laughs> absolutely so there's no reason for it to endure other than it was just such a huge cultural touchstone and a great story it really is a really good story she builds a world very well yeah i mean i guess something like ghostbusters endured and that that's nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, Ghostbusters okay. was a fine, sh- like, movie, but, like, it's not Proust. <laughs> <laughs> but Harry Potter is, sure. <laughs> it's I'm the Doom to Fail podcast, drawing a line between Proust, Ghostbusters, and Harry Potter. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. It was great to yeah. have you all. <laughs> I think I, I, I'm, as I say to all of my guests in my home, thanks for putting up with me. And we'll probably be seeing you next week. I hope you come back. Please come back. So lonely, so lonely. It'll be so much better, I promise. And next week, speaking of, we'll be talking about San Francisco as part of our Cities of America miniseries. Looking forward to it. And so that brings us to the end of another Doom to Fail podcast where we have yet to fail, at least not completely. And so in the meantime... Until next week, that's Catherine Cogart over there. And Tim Dobbs over here. What? Just go with it, man. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you. We're looking forward to it. Bye. Bye. Bye.
This week's episode of the Doom to Fail podcast was accompanied by our musical guest, Minimal Damage. Discover more episodes of the Doom to Fail podcast at doomtofailpodcast.blogspot.com or email us at doomtofailpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah,